The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. Hold up there, friend. What brings you to the landing? Just your standard delivery job. Nothing more, nothing less. Now, if you're lying to me, if you're here to start some kind of trouble, I'll hear about it. Otherwise, enjoy yourself. I promise you, the only news you'll hear of me is my enjoyment of the Dark Times podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast. I'm Sam, your favorite armor-clad bounty hunter. And I'm Steven, your favorite distant Outer Rim Sheriff. Ooh. Ooh. More on that later. Yeah. Ooh. uh, Such a tantalizing uh, descriptor for you, Steven. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He's tantalizing, isn't he? (laughs) He's tantalizing right behind me, isn't he? Uh, We have some feedback from last week. Yes. Well, this feedback's actually from quite a few weeks ago. We have some uh, feedback. This was, <laughs> this was back in back in, in December when we were getting all sorts of mail and the holidays were all sorts of crazy. This is from Alex Van D, a longtime contributor to Saga Edition Spheres. He says, Greetings. I enjoyed your earlier episode where you reviewed some of the published modules for Saga. Pre-made modules can often help new GMs get started, but there are so few for Saga. There were also quite a few fan-made modules. They're still available in various places on the interwebs. What if you did some reviews of those modules? Of course, some of them aren't very good, but there are some that are definitely worth playing. Uh, we reached out to Alex uh, asking, hey, you know, what what modules would you want to see on the show? You know, we, we're happy to dig around ourselves, but if there's anything on mind. And Alex got back to us with a delicious, juicy list of, I'm counting seven different modules, two of which he wrote on here for us to, to draw our attention to. And, and the top one on that list really, really caught my attention, mostly because of the name. And then I dug it up and read it and boy, howdy, um, Sam, uh, first things first, I haven't seen discussion of this module anywhere, at least among like saga edition players. Hmm. Well, what's the name of the module and what's the system it's for? It's not a saga module, right? No, technically it's not. It, it's called death dirt and the nerf ranchers daughter. It was a module released for revised edition, I'm pretty sure, but never saw any love for Saga, at least not officially. Funny enough, there is a FFG port of the module that seems that like it gets a lot of attention. I've heard uh, Praytel even watched some of this module. Can't recall where, but I, as soon as Stephen was describing it to me off mic, I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. I've seen this. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, I scoured the subreddit, the wiki, just about everywhere, and I can't actually see any discussion of playing this module in Saga Edition, so I'm really excited to feature it today. And thus we've thrust it into the limelight for your judgment and enjoyment, dear listener. Oh, and and we won't and we'll keep thrusting, dear listener. We'll do some more limelight thrusting. <laughs> you know it. So set the stage, Steven. I'm I'm setting I'm, the stage. I'm a... Uh, uh, Tempted DM GM. I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I've always played, but I've never ran before. I don't know. I, I, I want to do my own homebrew stuff, my own, my own setting. Um, I've just, I don't know if there's any pre-written adventures out there for me. 
Well, see, Sam, that's that's perfect. You, 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 the persona you're constructing right now is the exact game master this module is meant for. Death Dirt and Nerf Rancher's daughter is dead easy to run. There's very little, if any, conversion needed. That's right, folks. It's not even a Saga Edition module. You're going to look up at the stat blocks that come with it, and you're going to see some weird numbers and some shit that doesn't make sense, and some shit that looks really familiar, too. But... I'm telling you right now, we'll get into it a little bit more later. This this module has like three stat blocks. Only one of them is important. And you could easily just drop shit in from DMF or even hear me out. Even threats of the galaxy. It's like eight pages. It's corny in all the right ways. It's a classic Western tale with an atypical villain. It's got a really great twist and it's easily doable in one session, maybe two. Super flexible and lightweight, can be ran anywhere with any setting with any party. I'm intrigued. The mission sends you to a nerf ranch on distant outer rim world Engabo 5 to buy a fresh supply of nerf steaks. A delicacy prized by the wealthy seems a simple enough task, but soon after the heroes arrive on the forgotten Outer Rim planet, a shocking accident will turn their visit into a terrifying ordeal of survival. So that was reading straight from the module itself. Sam, we're going to break down the story here beat by beat, along with a few bits of of game mastering and and playing advice from, from yours truly that I gleaned just by reading it here over the past couple of days. We're not there's there's like a big twist, big ish twist in the adventure where it really kind of takes a left turn. We're going to cover everything up to that point because I really want people to actually play this shit. And then maybe in a week or two, we might revisit it and do a little bit more. There's still some work to be done that I want to show off here. But yeah, I I want people to actually. And sorry, go finish your thought. Oh, and and actually, I I want people to at least read it before we we cover the the additional bits that I'm thinking of covering here. What what were you going to say? And maybe even get some feedback from the listeners or anyone who's like, oh, that sounds great. I'll run that for my next one shot. And they happen to do so. It it could be like a adventure module book club. (laughs) Oh, man. Would that be something? That'd be cool. Do you think there's enough consistently playing Swissy parties out there to do something like that? (laughs) No, there's not. I guess I'll just start off with the uh, with with the first bit of the module here. This is from the opening, the overview subheader. The heroes have been hired by Lady Wyla, an Alderanian noble, to deliver a supply of Davengat's finest nerf steaks. Her Highness insists the steaks be delivered within three days of pickup to preserve freshness. She provides them with a Corellian freighter. Use the unmodified YT-1300 described on page 185 of the Star Wars role-playing game core rulebook. Hold up! That's not the core rulebook for our game, just so you know. <laughs> that core rulebook is an imposter! Yeah. <laughs> Sus. And 10,000 credits, 6,000 credits for the stakes, 4,000 credits for the hero's advance. If they succeed and return in time, they'll be given the freighter... And another 6,000 credits. Pretty good fucking deal, huh? That is a crazy... The the trip must be awful. <laughs> right? Like, 10,000 oh, yeah. credits, 40% advance, and a whole freighter? It must be a real beat up. I mean, if I was running this, it would be the most beat up. Like, no, maybe only like one gun freighter. We're not talking like the Falcon. You don't have two gun seats. You just have the one. No, no. Would this, you this still is... use the 1300 stat block from Saga Edition? 
Yeah, yeah, I'd probably still throw in a, a, the the Saga Edition YT thirteen hundred here. I imagine they're the same and roughly the same in terms of value equivalent across systems. Oh, you know what it is, Stephen? We haven't adjusted these credits for inflation. <laughs> just eyeballing it, you know, I haven't cons- I haven't compared this to like the normal conventions for rewards in in Saga, but this sounds like a great idea. I like how stacked these rewards are because it ensures your players will actually want to do it. It's it's one of the yeah, it's one of those things where it's like the job sounds simple enough and the reward is big enough to where it's like, well, it's a no brainer. We should do it. Yeah. You know what? You ever want a plot hook for your players? Give them too much money to, <laughs> that they can't refuse. Exactly. And then have someone steal the money from them. <laughs> and that's a whole other adventure. Come on. Um, but yeah, uh, Sam, pop quiz. Does it have to be Lady Wyla and Alderanian Noble giving the quest? No. Does it have to be Davengott's finest nerf steaks? Not at all. Does it have to be a YT 1300? Mm, no. I'm Bingo. No. You've passed the Thank pop God. quiz. <laughs> you should, I wish y'all could see the look of relief on <laughs> Sam's face right now. <laughs> what, what if I'm doing a job? This is, it's instead of Lady Wyla, it's Green Doug. And instead of. <laughs> How how long until this joke is <laughs> in dead in the ground? Oh, can't it's, come soon enough. It's Green Doug's pod racer motivators, and you're going out to uh, it's still a farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. Like a junk farm on a on a distant rim world. That'd be cool. Definitely. But yeah, Sam helps us illustrate the point I was making, dear listeners. The best part about a module like this, and and and. Pst, and and every module is that these these details do not matter. They they are the least consequential part of an adventure like this. Mold them to your adventure. This adventure is so good. I wish I had it years ago so I could just have something quick to pull out on a night where I either forgot to or simply couldn't prep something for the party. This is such an off the shelf and run it adventure. It's it's perfect. It embodies all that shit that Rodney was talking about when we interviewed him. It's a quick pick up put down adventure. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Steven, what? I I just realized we haven't talked about sort of the rain, the scope level wise for this adventure. Is it challenging? I assumed from the idea that the quest giver Willa, was that her name? Willa? Wyla? Wyla, Willa, yeah. Wyla, Wyla sounds better. Wyla's more Star Warsy. Wyla's yeah. like an actual woman's name. <laughs> yes. Uh, Wyla giving them a freighter and ten thousand credits. I'd say this is probably if I had to pitch it, I'd probably say two to five around the level cap there. You, you know, Sam, you're nearly there. It's uh, it's stated that it's designed for four six level characters. Uh, well, they'd have a romp through my level of this adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Upon arrival to the Engabo system, the party's hyperdrive is disabled by a plasma storm. And if I had a goddamn nickel for every saga adventure that started out with the party's hyperdrive is disabled or the party's ship is disabled. Don't act like Star Wars hasn't set that precedent, though. No, you're right. Empire Strikes Back is nothing but that. (laughs) The Falcon disables like three times in the original trilogy. It's true. It's true. You know, what a, what a piece of junk, but yes. And, and it's good because, you know, narrative control, yada, yada, you can't, they, they can't, the party just can't say well, this sucks by the moment, 
the moment shit starts getting tough. <laughs> this place sucks. Let's just go. <laughs> you know, I don't even want to do the job anymore. <laughs> And it's great because, you know, as a game master, you can say, oh, a plasma storm knocks out the hyperdrive. Sorry, you're fucked. Like, yeah, they, they, what, what are players going to say? It doesn't have to be a plasma storm, Steven. No, it could be an ion storm. It can, it be, can a, be. I like the idea of like a dust storm taking over the planet, making it unsafe to take off from. Oh, there you go. That's nice. Way, way, to, way to think. The local spaceport is merely just a few wide open dirt areas outside of town. The party arrives early in the morning and receives further directions from a friendly droid. I'm heavily paraphrasing here. They've got lovely fleshed out NPCs for for all of this. Upon arrival to the landing, which is the sole settlement on Angabo 5, the home of, I think it was called, let's see here, Davengat's Double Z Ranch. That's a great... (laughs) It's where the nerfs are herded. (laughs) Upon arriving to the landing, they meet the local sheriff, Gall. And quoting again, he's described as a tall, middle-aged human with long gray hair pulled back, a braided beard reaching his chest, a wide swagger, a patch over one eye, and a heavy blaster dangling from his holster. Classic cowboy. This guy has lived a life. (laughs) You can, uh, the, the, uh, adventure has lots of really cool fleshed out lore, a surprising amount. And a lot of it's very actually like cool and intriguing for such a short adventure. This was like, I think, God, let me double check. Oh yeah. It was, it was a, a company town owned by outer rim or works and they were out here mining. It was kind of like a boom town, like old West style mines dried up. They left not much behind and just a few people. And this guy Gall was head of security for the Boomtown, and they gave him a fat pension and let him stay here to be the, the local sheriff. That's cool. Yeah. The small towns all but deserted. Most residents out to are out to work. And there's not much else to do besides to visit the local cantina. The only other business in town besides the ranch uh, the party gets to familiarize themselves with some select locals, including a terse Gotal shopkeeper. It's funny. The adventure goes into great detail at what specific things the players can do to piss her off. <laughs> Why? It just, is she if the they, cantina like, owner or is she like? She's like a suspicious cantina owner. Yeah, she's it's like if they don't buy anything, she gets suspicious. If they like take too long to order something, she gets suspicious, stuff like that. And with the the shopkeep is a stunning human woman uh, who is our titular nerf herder's daughter, Nell. Nell is uh, the the adventure goes into detail that her annoyance isn't fully justified. And I was like, <laughs> it's an interesting detail to leave in, but I, I like it. That's that's really good. Um, Nell's annoyed at the party's request. She's obviously a very busy, very beautiful woman. Uh, and and the stakes of interest are freely available on the open market. So Nell is like, why the hell? Are these nerf herders derogatory at my nerf herding ranch bothering me for something they can just buy at fucking space Walmart? But then a distant roar in the sky stops her short and fearing for the safety of her farmhands and herds. She takes off with the party and her speeder to the source of the resulting boom as something makes contact with the planet's surface. Seemingly disabled by the plasma storm, a freighter known as the Madman's Luck has crashed into Angabo 5 with an eclectic cargo and no survivors. Thus is set in motion a chain of events that will change the party's lives and the fate of Angabo 5 forever. 
Interesting. I, I love the, you know, give the party no means of transport and then they will be forced to do <laughs> whatever quests you send them on. <laughs> that's that's how it's done. That's that's classic. I think early in the adventure, there's um when you they first land at the the big air quotes spaceport. There's repair equipment there that's was meant to be temporary, has been forced into permanent servitude. Um, and the helpful protocol droid that greets the party at the start of the adventure says it'll take like a day to fix the ship. Yeah, nothing else to do but to bum around and annoy cantina owners, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, the I want to talk about the stat blocks here. There's like three, I think. There's three... The canteen owner has a stat block. Nell has a stat block. I don't even think the sheriff has one. Let me double check here. Yeah, no, he he does not. And then the the third one is I won't go into because it's it's important, but something I may want to cover in a later episode because it's really cool. The, you don't need the stat blocks for Nell and and the cantina owner. Like you unless don't. Uh, un, unless I don't know the your party decides to kill them. What if they're murder hobos, Steven? You gotta, it's the murder hobo clause. You have oh, to that's right. Yeah, we it. gotta, we have to acknowledge and plan for murder hobos instead of just shutting them down at the table and calling them out for what they were. Yeah. What, they are. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I don't want any confrontations at my table. I just want to be complacent. And <laughs> I love that shit. Like, how do I plan for murder hobos at my table? It's like you don't let them get there in the first place. You just tell them like, Hey, if you don't want to play, we don't have to play. Yeah. Like, did you want to play halo? Cause we could <laughs> we turn on some halo. If that's what you're more in the mood for. That's ETA. one of those. Things. I, you know what, you know what stops a murder hobo in its tracks, a mm. session zero. Mm-hmm. Be like, Hey, what, what do you guys want out of this adventure? Well, I want to do combat. It's like, okay, then we'll do a combat heavy adventure. I won't pull out the, you know, the, <laughs> Go fight the Nerth Herder's daughter. <laughs> Session one. But listen, I, and and I know a lot of people out there in the Swissy sphere feel a, like really differently than me uh, on this point. Like I, I don't, I don't need stat blocks for every damn thing. I, I think a lot of people get very obsessive over stat statting out every single aspect of their adventures, and that's fine. This is the game for that. I mean, you've seen the just copious amount of Swissy stat blocks. We have different stat blocks for like ATAT pilots, ATST pilots, Thai pilots. In the, they filled the threats of the galaxy with shit like this. It makes no sense to me. But obviously, enough people gave a damn about shit like that to do it. So it's fine. But Steven. What? You and I, we have a, something special called the player aids section on the wiki, courtesy of Tsuyoshi Kensu. That includes those wonderful, wonderful little tables from the Game Master's screen that have like, hey, if someone's good at something, here's the bonus they would roll (laughs) to show how good at something they are. (laughs) And perfect time to bring that up, Sam, because that's very much more the type of ways I like to do things. When I see a stat block, especially, you know, the Saga stat blocks are not award winning champions of, of formatting. Uh, <laughs> they're they're not the most parsable thing in the world. My yeah, my brain kind of goes blank when I look at a stat block. Sometimes it just just bzzz, like it's just done. So we luckily we also have resources to bring in things like s- skill modifiers. We're like, oh yeah, Nell's probably you know one of the more competent members of the ranch. You could read the adventure and see that she's clearly like a sort of badass ranch girl. So like she's probably gonna have a pretty decent modifier. She's probably one of the better experts around. 
if you are sitting there sweating, crying and, and itching at your hives that you have to have a stat block for these characters, either convert them yourself, which I don't recommend at all, or dig into you go over to the, the Swissy Wikia page. Look at the non heroic fringers page and pick something privateer <laughs> smuggler like pirate pirates and cowboys are kind of similar. Yeah, they're also there's pirates, cowboys and blazing chain. And it's a Venn diagram with the three <laughs> circles to help you differentiate between the three. Almost forgot about the blazing chain. How could you? Right. They're they're nomadic raiders, Steven. They're not pirates. <laughs> I like that's right. Their description said they aren't pirates. They're nomadic, they're nomadic raiders. raiders. I'm like, oh, thank God, you know. But yes, and also an excellent opportunity to pull from DMFs. Let's see. I, I, I'm pulling up DMFs right now. I'm going to find a good stat block for these guys right here in an instant. Explorer. There it is. Bam. CL3. Oh. Right there. Ruffian. Come on. Mercenary. If you really have to. Like, it, it's, uh, yeah. That last final spoilery stat block is important. That might be one that you want to actually sit down and not convert but consult the beast rules on Ooh, um, this beast spoilers. is yes. Right. Very. The way it is, is very central to the rest of the plot of this adventure. And it could easily be done in the beast creation rules. We covered those probably not even 10 episodes ago. Right. Sam? You say that, but it might have been 10 episodes ago. <laughs> I, I know it was 2022, but that, that gives you a pretty big range of which yeah, Dark that's, Times you know, episodes it was. Almost all of our <laughs> episodes. Ep- episodography. Episography? Episography. But yeah, so that's Death Dirt Nerf Rancher's Daughter. It was written by Corey J. Herndon. Does that name ring a bell to you, Sam? No. Did it? No. I mean, it, it didn't to me. <laughs> Good. He did a lot of writing. He started out with, um, it's got a little bio on him in the, in the back of this book here, uh, back of the, the adventure. He got a, a BA in drama from the university of Washington class of 93. He was working in a restaurant when he discovered, right. So <laughs> when he discovered trading card games in the star Trek CCG in 94, then he branched into MTG, started freelance work for Duelist Magazine, and then actually ended up on Watsy Payroll working on Star Wars RPG products. That is like something that you can't do nowadays. Like- yes, it was very much like a Rodney Thompson style story where he was like bussing tables in a restaurant and then next week was writing for <laughs> Wizards. <laughs> the tabletop gamosphere has expanded so much and the the lanes of traversing it have changed so much since the 90s too. I oh yeah, particularly with like the advent of social media. Exactly, exactly. Like you and can't just like do a column in a tiny magazine that's like published in your in your college and then get noticed by by fucking Watsy <laughs> anymore. Oh man. There's also some art with this adventure. Oh, go ahead, absolutely. Oh yeah, uh Sam, I'm going to give you the archival 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 link the link to the actual adventure yeah to like the, there's a Wayback machine link on wikipedia that takes you back to the original page for this and it has the adventure it's totally preserved totally downloadable and then there's also some art as well this adventure was actually made to promote the alien anthology expansion for the revised edition which brought in so many playable aliens uh, i think all of which 
have since been brought to Swissy, at least those that don't have an official Swissy version themselves. Well, that's awesome, Stephen. I have yeah. a question for you, Stephen, as a, yeah, from one game master to another. What are some key features from this adventure that you could take and easily lift and put in another adventure? Or if I'm, let's say I'm an aspiring module writer, maybe there's a Dark Times module I'm working on. Maybe. And I want <laughs> maybe. <laughs> And I wanted to take some key features from this adventure and put those to use, maybe with a slight twist on them, twist of lime on them, and then mm. <laughs> and then, uh, present them as my own. The Baja module. <laughs> the Baja system? Baja's not a system. He's a guy. He's a guy. Um, that's a great question, Sam. I can think of a couple things. Three things, actually. The reward, I think, is like just right. 10,000 credits in a ship. Who could say no? Especially at level six. 10,000 credits and then a 20,000 credit ship. I can yeah. pawn for spice money. Yes. So so the, the reward slash hook, I mean, the kind of one and the same. It's a, it's an easy job on the surface for a lot of for a lot of money. Um, the twist, which we have not addressed specifically, but I, I like the kind of classic Western tropes and then taking a left turn with it while still kind of maintaining like the core of that storytelling with, with the, uh, we'll just censor the, the invasive species kind of narrative twist on it. Going full star Wars with it. Yeah. Yeah. So like invasive species really, really makes it cool. And then the setting I'm obsessed. It's not original to this adventure, but I'm obsessed with, nowhere outer rim world especially that isn't Tatooine because let's be honest Tatooine is far from a nowhere at this point literally a crime epicenter like yeah a a fucking dude's palace is on there (laughs) yes but when I read this I was like oh when like one settlement on this massive forgotten world that was like as already well past its prime that's just been sucked dry and dropped by like a totally defunct mining operation that that is like remote sci-fi. That is the dirty dusties that star Wars thrives with. Would it be now? this might be a little bit off topic. Would Mm. it be like a star Wars? It's always sunny premise to just like, we're going to get this planet back on the map. (laughs) Do you like that? That's literally at least like three always sunny episodes. And yes, yes. Thinking of the Facebook one in particular. I love the concept of, this old planet, this plant, all oh, this planet's been used, you know, but there's a lot of heart here. And so we're going to open uh, the tourist attraction in the mines and, <laughs> and a casino, a remote casino. It's going to be great. It's the break time. <laughs> that sounds very sim- similar to the build time song. Oh, well, I was going for <laughs> nut shack, actually, but, you know. <laughs> It's all it's all genius. Yeah, exactly. Remember, dear listeners, welcome to the break. It's time to you got to vote. If you're a patron, you got to vote. I had people reach out to me, be like, hey, is it okay if I like get on the Patreon vote for my build and then and then cancel my subscription? Yes. Always. Absolutely. If you want to if you you can. Uh, it's been a while since I said it. And since someone asked me, I, I, I thought it's a good time to bring it up. You can go if you want one thing on the Patreon, you can go on there. D- subscribe, get whatever the hell it was you wanted. Sam's maps, the uh, we have some some 
confidential info templates on there. We've got we've got some encounters. We've got we can say the hex crawl guide, but that's that's been like publicly available for a long time now. It's also publicly available on the Patreon as well. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, that's what I meant. Uh, yes. If, if there's one aspect of the Patreon that excites you and you're really not into the subscription thing, maybe you're strapped for cash. Maybe you just don't want to do it. All good reasons. Get on there. Get what you want. Cancel your subscription. It's fine. I already got your money. <laughs> <laughs> but but also, like, you're a third of the way. No matter what tier you subscribe to for the Patreon to get that vote in, you're already a third of the way to one of those sweet, sweet bonuses being a sticker or Dark Times t-shirt and sticker, yes, which indeed. Steven has some machinations in the works about what kind of sticker that's going to be. Yes, do stay subscribed to get some sweet merch. If you don't want to, that's okay too. Uh, even your $5, $10 one-time donation is exceedingly generous in the eyes of me or Sam and goes goes the distance to keeping us on the air. And we really, truly, deeply appreciate it. Now, when it comes to those stickers, again, if you're on the $5 tier, you'll get your sticker, no problem. $10 tier is supposed to have the t-shirt and the sticker to really sweeten the pot for y'all. This week... Dear listeners, and it's it's in my Google calendar, so you know for sure that's going to happen. <laughs> if you are in the $10 tier and you would be entitled to a sticker, meaning you've been in that $10 tier for at least three months, you will be getting a special version custom ordered by yours truly sent directly to your doorstep, all handled by me. Remember how I told you uh, I didn't want boxes in my house. I didn't want to be manually filling out addresses, printing out labels, any of that shit trips to the post office listeners. I'm doing it for you in rebellion against the tyrannical <laughs> Patreon empire. That, that's all. And also a very special thank you to all patrons and listeners for enjoying the dark times podcast. Absolutely. And if you don't want to support us financially, that's fine. You can support us in a billion other ways, many of which all of you actively engage in. Share the pod with your table, with your friends, with your subreddit, with your Discord. Uh, there's a whole Swissy world out there. Sam, that Swissy subreddit is well over 5,000 subscribers now. It's crazy. I remember when we broke 3,000 like a year and a half ago. What the hell? That's so incredible. It's, it's wonderful. Um, a, a wise man once said, Gamer Nation. What does that mean? That's uh that's what the Order 66 guy would would call oh. his listener base. <laughs> they they were they were the Gamer Nation. We're not bringing that back by the way. I, I just No, uh, not at no, all. No. Uh anyway, uh we've got a very special thing to another special thing to look at here in the show. Don't forget patrons and it, you can sign up for this. You can be a patron right now. You can still vote for the the build contest. We have our non-traditional force traditional bounty build showcase. On the Patreon right now, Sam and I don't pick the winner. You guys do. Get on there. Your votes are due Sunday, February 5th at 11.59 p.m. That is when the Patreon poll will close, and whoever has the most votes will be our winner. Thank you much. I'll send you back into the show. Sam, when I first read this email subject line, and, and I know and, and the submitter is, is cool. I know he'll be cool with me being candid about this. When I saw a homebrew prestige class in my inbox, I was like, ooh. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, isn't this a forced tradition already? <laughs> <laughs> 
And you're right. And, you know, and, and it's not exactly unprecedented for Force traditions to have their own prestige class. And I ain't talking, no, sir, I ain't talking about Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, Sith Apprentice, Sith Lord. I'm talking about Imperial Knight. That's a Force tradition that's also a prestige class. That is true. Controversial prestige class? Yes, indeed. But the world of homebrew Swissy classes is complicated. And, you know, we all have probably caught an inkling of the controversy surrounding the technician and the Force, um, not Disciple. Uh, is it the Disciple? Prodigy? Force Prodigy, yes. Those classes are cool and definitely have their place. I've ran both of them before, and they were pretty neat. But a homebrew prestige class is a whole new level. Well, stop being around the bush, Stephen. What's the prestige class? This is the Antarian Ranger prestige class from none other than the illustrious Zloy Krolik. Uh, and I, I actually double-checked. There is no Antarian Rangers Force tradition, but there is an affiliation slash organization. Okay, that's what I thought. From that's the what Force thought. Unleashed campaign. Because they aren't exactly a Force tradition either. But they're like Jedi adjacent. Yeah, you know? they're like they're like Jedi bodyguards. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic if you think about it. But for those unfamiliar, the Antarian Rangers are a paramilitary force established around 620 BBY to assist the Jedi Order. To be a ranger meant knowing how to move in any environment, to blend in with the forest or grassland, to sail, to swim, to dive, to pilot, to be masters of our surroundings. We were good spies, good warriors, very adept at intrusion and escape. That's a quote from Tyria Sarkin on being an Antarian Ranger. I'm reading directly from Zoli's submission here. Their duties range from being deployed for reconnaissance duty to covert operations that are designed to make the work of a Jedi easier to conduct. This also meant at times they were tasked to do tasks that are considered dirty work. No way. <laughs> Morally bankrupt covert military operations at the behest of the Jedi Order? No uh, Republic way. Commando ring a bell? Rep- yeah. <laughs> The Rangers consist of various different branches with its members constantly preparing for their service to the Jedi. The organization serves as a natural point where those without Force talent have a way of fulfilling their dreams of connecting to the Force by serving the Jedi cause. Despite this being the case, the life of a Ranger is not an easy path, and only the most dedicated of beings as well as the most fit for the position thrive within the organization. As such, very few members actually coveted the rank of Ranger, and most actually became support personnel for this elite body within the group. Examples of Antarian Rangers in Star Wars are Tyria Sarkin, Lawara, and Sasha Swiftbird. Sasha Swiftbird's a great Star Wars name. It is. To become an Antarian Ranger, a character must fulfill the following criteria. Minimum heroic level 7, train skills, stealth, and at least one talent from the awareness or camouflage talent trees, and the coordinated attack feat. Sam, you will see why. That's a feat prereq in just a second. Antarian Rangers have the following game stats. They get a 1d8 hit point plus their con mod at each level. They have force points equal to 6 plus 1 half their character level. They have defense bonuses plus 4 to your reflex and plus 2 to your will. Look at that. That's not bad, actually. That's not bad really at all. Good. Quite beefy, quite juicy. And at every odd number level, they select a talent, much like all but one prestige class out there. The talents, well, actually, never mind. That's not, I was thinking of Crime Lord, but there's others exceptions. Don't, don't kill me online for that one. <laughs> the talent may be selected from the Antarian Ranger talent tree, the Awareness <gasps> talent tree, or the Camouflage talent tree. <laughs> 
You're telling me Zoe Krolik made a whole ass talent tree for this prestige class? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not every prestige class has like an explicit talent tree, right? Not all of them. Many do. Most do even, but not all of them. Ontarian Rangers are dedicated to assisting the Jedi Order. You've gained familiar with the Jedi and their powers to aid you in your duties. I want you to read these first, Stephen, and then I have a very, I have a comment on them that only makes sense after we've read them all. Perfect. This is now I'm reading from Zloy Krolik's Ontarian Ranger talent tree. Oh, and before we continue here, I just want to say he stated he made this for a campaign. So if you're going to decide to be critical of this and critique it and have your own take, just keep in mind, this was probably made to make one maximum two players day like And it was probably (laughs) perfect for them. Do do keep that in mind. This was from someone's table. This was not a. Uh, please critique this on the discord server or something like that. We we don't put Zloy up to have the audience put him down. No, this is most certainly up here for, so he thought that he may inspire you listener with his work that he's done for his personal campaign, which is awesome. And I already stated, I was very skeptical of featuring a homebrew prestige class, but it's being featured here because I was very impressed with the effort and love put in. First talent is familiar wisdom. If you're within six squares and line of sight of a Jedi known to you, you may use that Jedi's will defense as a reaction instead of your own. The Jedi must be aware of you and allow it as a free action. So there you go. Starting off real, real basic here. That's so it's funny that you get the plus two to will defense, but also the first talent on the list is like, hey, you know what? Forget your will defense. Yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> I noticed that, too. You get, a, you get a nice bonus to will defense and also forget about your will defense. But what if I'm not within the six squares, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) a small chance I'm staying far away from my Jedi. Unseen wisdom is the next talent, and it's the same as above, except the Jedi does not have to be within your line of sight. That's obviously requires familiar wisdom to get unseen wisdom. Next is distant wisdom, prerequisite familiar wisdom. Same as above, except that range now increases to 12 squares. So now you can use your Jedi's will defense. You don't have to be within line of sight and you can be up to 12 squares away from them. Now we're getting into the real shit. Shared strength. If a Jedi that you have the ability to use Jedi's will defense is subject to a force power that targets will defense or fortitude defense, you may, as a reaction, have that force power affect you and use your will defense or fortitude defense instead. You will take any effects of the force power instead of the Jedi. Into that bodyguard shit now. Yes. We've pretty much got harm's way here, but for force powers. Ranged harm's way with force powers? Yes. Oh, Steven, the, the gears in my head are turning. And I love this prestige class because it's all about cooperating and supporting your Jedi PC. It reminds me of the sniper duo archetype in Pathfinder 2E, where you've got a whole prestige class here just about being a good team player, and I love it. And the final capstone talent on the entire Ranger talent tree is Through My Eyes. You may allow, as a reaction, a Jedi to use you to check the range and line of sight for use of a force power instead of from the Jedi. The range and line of sight restrictions for this talent are the same as your ability to use the affected Jedi's will defense. That also requires shared strength. That one's a little less clear, but it sounds like a Jedi can just emanate a force power from your position as long as the prerequisites for shared strength and distant wisdom are all met. 
My my only so yeah, it says prerequisite shared strength, but I feel like familiar wisdom should at least also be a prereq for that. Yes. Definitely. But then you're getting at the point where it's like, okay, how well, many levels in a prestige class am I actually going to be liably be taking in order to get these <laughs> these talents? That's you know? true. And you know, with with all the with five talents, we're looking at what? How many levels is that? Like fifteen. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's my here's my uh, note. My my one note for this. Yeah. What's up? This is very much. Uh, let your Jedi <laughs> support you. Yes. <laughs> I feel like rather than, you know, Interior Rangers, they support the Jedi. There's only one talent here that really, I mean, I guess two, two of the five are about you supporting the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Whereas the ones with the wisdom are more like, hey, Jedi, uh, can you take this? (laughs) Can you make this hit for me, miss? You know, and let's not forget. Uh, the Antarian Ranger, obviously, this prestige class heavily lends itself to a scout build, a, a true uh, tough ranged fighter. Ranged fighters have a strong advantage over your traditional Jedi in Saga Edition, largely because there isn't much a Jedi can do about a guy with a big gun like 20 squares away. <laughs> Ever want to take out your party, Jedi? Big gun, 20 squares yeah, away. That's all big you gun, need. like at least 13 squares away. The Jedi cannot do much about that in one turn, like guaranteed. <laughs> and Tarian Ranger totally can, though. This brings us to the class features, which I'm very excited about. Uh, have you ever wanted coordinated attack to be better? Did you want coordinated attack, the prestige class? Here it is. Yes. <laughs> Through close cooperation and training, you become more adept at using the aid another action when helping a Jedi. At second, fourth, and eighth level, you gain a class bonus of plus or minus one to the use of the coordinated attack feat if you use it to aid a Jedi. Now, I was confused when I saw that plus or minus one. I reached out to Zloy just to clarify. He never got back to me, but that's okay. I'm pretty sure I know exactly what this means. So let's dive into the coordinated attack feat really quick. You are skilled at coordinating attacks with your allies. Prereq is a base attack bonus of plus two. You are automatically successful when using the aid another action to aid an ally's attack or suppress an enemy as long as the target is adjacent to you or within point blank range. Sam, do you know about suppressing an enemy? Yes, sir. Of course you do. The oft forgotten (laughs) addendum to aiding another where you can select an opponent, make an attack against reflex defense of 10. Be sure to add the range penalty here. They don't tell you to do that, but you're definitely meant to add the range penalty here. If you succeed, that opponent takes a minus two penalty on its next attack roll. So what this means when you are a level two Antarian Ranger, you will instead offer proffer even a plus three bonus to those you aid and a minus three penalty to those you suppress. Oh yeah. But also with coordinated attack, they automatically succeed on those aids. Yes. It's automatic success and you get into plus or minus one, depending if you're aiding or suppressing by the time your sixth level in Untiron Ranger rolls around, you get improved coordinated attack one You can now aid as a move action instead of a standard, as long as you're using it to aid a Jedi. And then 10 levels in Antarian Ranger, improved coordinated attack two. Now your aids to your Jedi are a swift action. You were aiding and attacking in the same turn. Also, by that point, side note, your aids become plus five. That's so that's 
incredible. Yes, a plus five aid as a swift action. You're like you're like mobile cover for everyone if you target an enemy that has an area attack. Yes. Yes. Uh, very cool. I like this class. I think it's neat. I think it's well designed. It's simple. Some my my biggest problems with a lot of homebrew stuff, especially stuff like this, is it tries to go a little too far and make too much novel stuff when Swissy kind of already has stuff overload. So this is kind of very much in Swissy's existing systems and its existing combat economy. And I love it for that. I would change the name of the class features to something that isn't the same name as the feat it's meant to improve. Yeah. That's, that's just a, a nitpick on my Let's end. Let's do it right though. now. Let's do it right now. Um, Jedi coordination. Bingo. There it is. <laughs> Got it. You nailed it. Got it in one. Yeah. <laughs> so like, take it or leave. You know, that one's yeah. free. The next that, one's, that one's free. Well, that's on the table for you. You can pick that up. You can put it down, whatever you want to do. The next one's going to cost you a consultation fee of 6,000 credits. Just yeah. <laughs> and um, improved coordinated attack doesn't appear to improve um, suppressing. And maybe it's not meant to. But whatever, who can say? That is interesting. I, I didn't, that, that makes sense though, because you can't use it to aid a Jedi if you're giving a negative to an opponent. Yeah. That's, that's like not aiding it, not aiding in the aid another like legal word, but like you are indirectly aiding a Jedi. Maybe that's what it was meant to say. But either way, Small nitpicks. You could just rearrange the language of that and make it apply to, to suppression. Yeah, that's I my only problem would. with this with this prestige class, Stephen, is it's not as word salad as the rest of Swissy is. <laughs> <laughs> far too concise. Far too easy to understand, Sloy. Sorry. Yeah, I can I can draw too many conclusions from this. You you need to change it. <laughs> but yes, this is a perfect compliment if you've got the right campaign for it, the right theming, the right party composition. This would be an awesome choice for anyone going to more traditional tank. Uh, this with harm's way and draw fire. Oh Lovely. my God. The Antarian yeah. Ranger tank. Oh man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Really flavorful tank here. Really great. If you're a big fan of the Antarian Rangers, like a certain lead designer. I know. <laughs> I forgot until just now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Rodney loves Ontarian Rangers so much that it's literally his Twitter at. <laughs> it is his fucking username. Amazing. That's so great. Stephen, what I like about this is that it really sings true the other design philosophy of prestige classes about taking a singular thing and expanding on it and specializing in that thing. Seriously. And I think it does a great job. It finds and exploits a really cool niche and it's lore compatible and it just sounds really fun to play, especially if you're like your best buddy is playing a Jedi and you really want to play an Antarian Ranger and... High fives all around really is what this feels like. And I thought coordinated attack was just for my GM to give to 30 stormtroopers <laughs> to make sure my life is, a living though. hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Loy. Yeah, for sending in Loy, a thanks. prestige class. It's incredible. We've got more things in the pipeline from many other for many other listeners. But if you have something you want to send our way, have a highlight on the show, any cool idea or any cool thing about Saga Edition you really enjoy, please send it our way. DarkTimesSWSEOGmail.com. Rock on. Steven, do you have any trivia for us this week? Yeah, I've got a little mini three pack here. Um, oh, I think this they, one's a little bit they more. They only well had known. it in threes in the vending machine. You had to buy the three pack. Joaquin Phoenix turned down the role that would go to Benicio del Toro in The Last Jedi. The guy who portrayed DJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Joker was going to be DJ. 
Um, TJ is a very interesting character. Sure is. Like how they we don't air- say his name in the movie. We aired our grievances last. Uh, yeah, we've already. The- <laughs> our, our talk of Canto Bite last week is what got me to, to pull these nuggets out. Um, they made a physical rig for BB-8 to actually shoot the coins out of his body. Like when, when he shoots the coins out of his body, yeah. that, that's like a practical thing. That really? Happens. Yeah, it's real. No way. Yeah, it, they, looks they so, made, it looks so CG. Right? Doesn't it? That's the fucking craziest thing about it. It's real. That like really happened. Do you think they're like little foam discs, like those little, <laughs> those toy launches you get Maybe. at the 7-Eleven? <laughs> that drunk little gremlin that put the coins in him was also voiced by Mark Hamill. That's, that's another one I know. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> Uh, and the oh, shot man. of the bombs falling through the bomber doors in the beginning of the movie is entirely practical, except for a blue screen of space in the background. That's awesome. Yeah. That's I, so I, I don't know. That seems spe- incredible. Yeah, it's very, very dramatic. Very, very breathtaking. Um, apparently all practical. Really cool. That's I don't know bad. how they did. They probably built a model. Um, no, but, you, yeah. they probably built a set of a bunch of bombs on it, Stephen. <laughs> And what I'm saying what they is they did. probably that was probably not built to scale though, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They no, didn't of build not. a whole ass big bomber, like <laughs> they just built the inside of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> the woman in that scene, three feet tall. <laughs> but uh, with the idea with perspective and scale, it makes the whole scene look perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE or email us DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Don't forget, patrons, please vote for those bounties. Join the Patreon just to vote and then cancel. That's totally fine by us. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever we get your podcasts. Where we get your listen to your podcasts, your podcatching device, podcatching feed. Tell us you told a friend about the show. We'll shout you both out on the show. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week? Oh, read them, have you? Page turners, they were not. Yes, 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 wisdom they held, but that library contained nothing that the girl Ray Palpatine does not already possess. Skywalker still looking to the horizon, never here now. Hmm? <laughs> he says that because he knows she took the books already. Yes. That's fucking, fuck off, Yoda. Yeah, more bullshit from the green frog. <laughs> <laughs> Green Dog sends his regards. <laughs> oh no. Good All night, right. everybody. That's enough. Fucking Green Dog. <laughs>